Welcome to The Catholic Perspective, a podcast brought to you by rcspirituality.org. Enjoy the episode. Today's conference I entitled Regnum Christi and the Crisis of Manhood. What is a man today? Who do you identify with? But it's, it's, it's so bizarre because in Los Angeles, I'm setting up, I call them the Divine Mercy Family or Clinic and Family Centers. And what they really are, are centers where we have psychologists and priests who give counseling and spiritual direction, and also Reagan Christie Centers, where the Reagan Christie people can do marriage preparation, marriage renewals, all the family work, all the youth work out of the family centers. And it's been very effective so far. But the first thing I, I really realize is that so many men are no longer men. In as far as we don't have a real expectation of what it means to be a man. And it's funny because when you hear that, oh my goodness gracious, your family, three priests and a nun. Do you know what they say to me? Yes, your mom must be really holy. For every time I hear that, you know, I probably heard that 60 times. And one time I've heard, ah, your dad must be special. And my mom passed away two weeks ago, and she was very holy. I loved my mom, and my mom, extremely holy. Do you know where the vocations came from? Do you ask any of us? Dad. My dad, who was tough as nails. My dad, who hit the beaches of Normandy, and to his left and to his right saw men dying, saw the sand soaked with blood, and he kept on going. 18 years old. He survived Normandy, and then he was sent on a mission to attack a submarine base in Brest, France. At which time he gets shot, and then a mortar shell comes and shatters his leg. And he's in pain, bleeding to death, and he yells, medic, medic, medic. Nobody answers. Three minutes, five minutes, ten minutes, it seems like. And finally, he closes his eyes and says, Lord, I'm only 18 years old. I thought I'd live longer than this. But Lord, if you want me, I'm ready. Not holding back. I'm ready. But if I survive, I want to ask for two graces. Number one, that every single day from today on, I will see as a gift, an incredible gift, and that I will never, ever, ever look at one more day just another day, but I'll always see it as the greatest gift possible. I will never take for granted 
one sunrise or one sunset. Second of all, send me a wife that I can love, I can lead, and I can give myself 100% to in Christ. And I can love my kids more than myself. And all of a sudden he hears one, two, three, lift. They lifted him onto the stretcher and he didn't die. But my dad, and we're going to have a whole talk about two types of people on earth. Victims and those who are blessed. And my dad taught us that we were the luckiest People on earth, <laughs> right? Don't know if he used that exact vocabulary. But it was incredible. We're blessed. And we're blessed and we have a mission. Our mission in life is to love. And the worst sin in the world, you know what it is? To be indifferent. Because only wimps are indifferent. Only wimps turn in on themselves. Only wimps don't care about it, don't care about anybody else. And the worst thing a Hopkins could be is to be a wimp. Yes, Dad. That's how I grew up. Call to love. And yet, I've been a chaplain at a high school. I've been helped with college kids. I've, I've done it all. And number one, the fear of commitment today of men. Oh, but, but, but is there a guarantee? No, there is no guarantee. Uh, mm. I don't want to be committed. Well, <laughs> I know a guy who says, you know, I'm 60 years old now and I've been afraid to commit. And now I'm a lonely person because my fears of commitment. And really, the devil has the last laugh because I hadn't, didn't have enough guts to love. How sad is that? How sad is that? We're living in a world where nobody wants commitment. The second thing is we're living in a world that's very scary because the first sense of difficulties, we run away. It's incredible. If you have, well, maybe it's worse in California. It probably is. But you see these guys who are employing people and they're going, the first time it's difficult, they, they, everybody takes off. Oh, this is, oh. No, no, this isn't as fun. I'm scratching my head. Don't do that too much. It's just. <laughs> but it's like, hey, dude, life isn't a surfing contest, okay? And work is supposed to be difficult. Well, I'm not getting the satisfaction that I need. You just, the, the turnover today is incredible. And I just, again, I see in our clinic people coming in. And it's, 
the the amount of a hurt and trauma because men aren't men. Father, I was working hard, and my my wife began. You know, she had three kids, and she just ignored me, and it was terrible because she ignored me, and she's putting all the attention on the kids. And of course, I went and I looked for a little bit of TLC in other places. You went to a brothel. And you're making an excuse for that. Real men don't do that. Right? Real men don't do that. You're just going... Where is the toughness? I mean, even I ride bicycles. And we had this group of men, and we were, we started in the springtime, and we were riding twice a week, 50 miles. And it's towards the wintertime. And all of a sudden, it gets down to 48 degrees. Yeah, exactly. I grew up in Syracuse, New York, right? <gasps> no, 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 that's way too cold. We can't do that. And I'm going, guys, you're tough, you know? We've been 100 miles, and you're just worried about, it's just like, where is the toughness today? Where is the example today? And I believe, if you look at parishes, 90% of everybody who does anything are women. Where are our men anymore? It's tragic. We, and I see more and more women with their children and men aren't coming anymore to church. Where are our men? And in this Retreat, I am going to challenge you guys, hopefully more than you've ever been challenged in your entire lives. And the challenge is the following, to be the most secure men in Christ. To be secure because you know who you are. You are beloved, chosen and holy, as Paul says. And that during this retreat, you incorporate that to a level that you could never even imagine. You see, I believe in men, but I believe that we have we've stopped challenging men. We men to be heroes. We just make excuses for them. Oh, of course, you're a man. You're narcissistic. <laughs> you're a man. <laughs> All men are superficial. All men are perverts. All men have no control. All men feel sorry for themselves. All men are discouraged. All men are adolescent. I mean, if you look at television, that's what you're going to see, isn't it? And yet, when we challenge men, and that challenge meets God's grace and God's love, men become the most incredible saints in the world. And we need saints today. Nothing less than saints. And ask and I have to my dad would put it in one way but you didn't stop moaning 
<laughs> Complaining and moaning. We'll put it that way, right? And do something about it. Because we have so many men today who sit down and all we can do is what? Complain and moan. Moan and complain. Complain and moan. Moan and complain. We've got to do something about it. Edmund Burke, what did he say? Good, evil can exist only if good men do nothing. Write that one down. Evil can exist only if good men do nothing. And the first part of that is, evil can exist only if we stop falling in love with Jesus Christ. Evil can exist when we stop praying. Evil is going to exist only when we get discouraged. When we embrace our call to holiness, when we embrace our call to leadership, when we embrace our call to be servants, we're secure in who we are because we are living out our prayer life and our vocation. It changes everything. You know what blew me away in 1979? I never wanted to be a priest. My stupid brother wanted to be the priest. He was the one, two shoes, who was always, you know, just this holy guy. I never understood. And yet, 1977, he finds the Legion, he visits, and he says, this is what I was made for. And in 1978, at Christmas time, he invites me to go down and spend five days after Christmas with him. And he's, bring your skates and your hockey stick, and there's a pond here, and we'll play hockey. And so I go down, and there's three things that really were evident. Number one, it was cold in Connecticut. It was like three, four degrees out, and, and I mean, the ice was about a foot thick. It was, it was so cold. And it was really, the house was cold. The seminary was so cold. And, and I'm going, this is insane. Don't you have heating? Well, we, you know, we keep it down because we can't afford the heating bill. So we keep it down. It's crazy. Second thing I noticed is the food was terrible. I mean, they would have died to have a meal that like we just had. I mean, unbelievable. There was a, a big company out of Long Island that had frozen food, and they would donate all this frozen food. So we would have peas and carrots and breakfast, lunch, and dinner. I'm looking going, this is terrible. My mom's a great cook. 
But the, the food was horrific. Notice that everybody was really, really happy. And I'm going, cold. I mean, and I'm from Syracuse. I'm used to cold, but this was insane cold. I put three pairs of socks to go to bed, okay? Who does that? Who does that? Two sweaters. You know, just when you're in bed and you see your breath, you know things are wrong. Okay? So I'm going cold, food horrible. And I look at these guys, and they are exuding this, this, this joy, and this happiness. And I'm going, are they smoking something back there? And this was even before it was illegal. It was like, I didn't understand. So I just said, you know, there, there's... There was 12 of these seminaries, so I'm going to grab every single one. I said, why are you here? They said, well, everybody said about the same thing. None of us like the food. Everybody's cold. We got a mission in life. And if we're able to save souls, who cares if we're a little bit cold? Who cares if the food isn't great? We have a mission to change culture because there is a tsunami coming. And if we don't begin to evangelize, if we don't get the lay people involved, if we don't inspire a whole tsunami of lay people to stand up and really evangelize, you think we're suffering now? It's nothing compared to the suffering that will come. That blew me away. I mean, that really made an impression. That weekend, I come home, and I'm at a party. And there's a keg in the middle of the room. And all of a sudden, I'm telling my friends just how awesome these guys are, and how tough, and how joyful, and how tough, and how joyful. Right? I go into everything. And all of a sudden, my girlfriend looks at me and she says, Jan, if you think it's so worthwhile, why don't you become a priest? At which, talking about delivering the line, everybody goes into this hideous laughter. Can you imagine Hopkins being a priest? He'd cure insomnia. <laughs> Thank you, guys. Thank you, guys. Okay. So I shut up talk about something else. I drop my girlfriend off, and I'm on my way home. Salt Springs Road. Still remember it like it's yesterday. And that stupid voice comes into my head. If you think it's so worthwhile, why? No, 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 no. I got my plans. And I don't want to suffer. I want a much easier life than that. Because nobody wants a tough life, right? Nobody. And yet the words of my dad, if you're not willing to sacrifice for love, 
Are you a real man? So I have these two voices in my head. If you're not able to sacrifice for love, what type of man are you becoming? What type of man will you become? What are you afraid of? Are you going to be controlled by your fears? And so for the next three months, I was miserable. My mom called me one day. She says, what is wrong with you? You are moping around like I've never seen you. You're a happy kid, and you are moping, and you are belligerent, and it's like <laughs> you're a girl going through PMS. <laughs> Thanks, Mom. You really know how to cheer a guy up, right? <laughs> so I decided I'm going to go and prove I don't have a vocation. I'll go to the summer program. And they get up, and then they go for a hike for 20 miles. And I mean, they're insane. But it's all about, are you willing to suffer and sacrifice and give? You know something? I found out that once you surrender, and you don't make a big thing out of sacrifice. You don't make a big thing out of love. And you see, love is an absolute honor. But the sacrifice isn't all that big. Giving spiritual direction to somebody who's in the seminary. And they're angry. They're angry about the world are angry about the church. And I'm going, man, you can't be angry. You can't be angry. You're going to be in charge of a parish. You have to be joyful. I, I, I believe that. Regnum Christi is joyful orthodoxy. Regnum Christi is joyful orthodoxy where we are so excited to Bring Christ's love. We're not here to go and to just shine a light on everything that's bad. No, we're here to build. We're here to build kingdom. That's so much more powerful. We're here to love. We're here to be positive. We're not here to complain. We're here to bask in God's love, then turn around and make a difference in the world. In Regnum Christi, we've been through some tough times. The whole thing about the founder, it was sort of like getting kicked in the face. Yeah. And I'll tell you, so many people say, oh, wow. Bunch of you left. Why didn't you leave? There's three reasons I didn't leave. Number one, everything I've received truly has been so healthy and so beautiful from Reagan Christie. How can I leave that? Number two, What I do, I love. I serve 
my brothers and sisters in Regan Christie, and they are changing the world. And I believe that. And I don't want just a parish in Timbuktu. And God bless the priests. They are fantastic. But it's not my calling. It's not my calling. My calling is to set ablaze part of men and women who are going to rebuild our church because our culture is falling apart. Do you know in Los Angeles, every single high school has a health clinic run by Planned Parenthood? Where they teach gender education and they teach all types of ideologies of sexuality. Do you know how jaded the kids are in Los Angeles because of that? Now, if we talk about being against gay marriage, we're probably going to be put into prison. The new bill that's just been passed today at Congress. We have to stand up and say, no, 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 there's something better. There's something more beautiful. The amount of pornography, the amount, the amount of heartache out there. Go to work at 7 a.m. and I come home at 7 p.m. And I see the walking dead. And yet, I see people start to change and have life again. Because they are experiencing the person of Jesus Christ. It is the most exciting thing in the world. How could I leave that? I want to be part of the solution. I believe in it. Believe that I was created for it. See, I'm all in. I'm all in. Regnan Christie, I believe, is here and really needs to grow with the men. I got so ticked off the other day. Oh, I heard about Reagan Christie. That's a women's movement. Not only no, but hell no. Okay? If we don't have men leadership, man, we're going to be, no. We have to give this leadership of what it means to have apostolic dynamism to really think outside the box, to think big. The moment we stop thinking big, the moment we are just comfortable in what we're doing is the moment that Regan Christie will die. Because Regan Christie's for men who says evil is out there and I'm going to do something, darn it. I'm not going to wait until I have my doctoral degree from Catholic University of America in apologetics. No, I don't need that. I've experienced God's love. I'm ready to go out. I'm ready to make a difference. Regan Christie is not a Bible study. Regan Christie is not a prayer group. 
Those are nice things. But Raven Christie is an apostolic movement of apostolate for men who have experienced the love of Jesus Christ and desperately want to give this love to others. Raven Christie is for men who are men, not afraid of commitment, not afraid of sacrifice, because they're being fed every day in their spiritual lives. They're not going to let go of their spiritual life, their prayer life. Gentlemen, how are you in your Regnum Christi vocation? Christ walked through that door right now and sat down with you and he said, hey, what's it coming? What would you tell him? Number one about your heart. Is your heart on fire? Are you a man in love? A man in love with Jesus Christ? If somebody followed you around, would they say, man, he reminds me of St. Paul. Compliment. Second, if they followed you around, would they say, man, this man is selfless. This man is caring, sacrificial. He's strong. He's perseverant. Ready to make a commitment. He's a model. You see, today we don't have any models. They're gone. You know, that special generation after World War II, my dad, right? They're all dead now. We have to recreate the model of what it means to be a man. Not just about money, it's about leadership, it's about sacrifice. It's about men being in love with our Lord and who are not willing to be mediocre or wimpy. I mean, that's why you're here. I'm preaching to the choir, guys. I'm preaching to the choir. I mean, according to my brother, you guys are the best of the best of the best. Right? He has a pretty good eye. It's a pretty good eye. But my question is, why aren't there 150 men here? Fire. And that's my challenge to you. If you are all that God wants you to be, then we have to have 150 here next, next year. Or maybe you have three retreats during the year. But if we're not on fire, little by little, we're not attracting anybody. So we're going to be going over. If God if walked through that door right now, what would he ask from you? What would he ask from you?
What do you need to do? What do you need to change? What is the temperature of your heart? Because what is Regan Christie but you? I'd like you to go to bed tonight and really think about what Regan Christie could do for this diocese, for this culture, for this country. Truly, we were on fire as men. Because when we're on fire, men inspire men. You have been listening to The Catholic Perspective, a resource from rcspirituality.org. Please visit our website and check out more great resources to help you pray, learn, grow, and go. Please join our team of digital missionaries by subscribing at rcspirituality.org.